Hey everybody, it's Jim Mallard here. Welcome to the Mallard Report. The Mallard Report is recorded in front of a live virtual audience on the Duck Pond. Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, live. Mallard.com. M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. One more thing before we start. Let me turn it over to my friend that you may know from Ancient Aliens and the Curse of Oak Island and many other things. Robert Clotworthy. On the Malliard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the hosts and guests, and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcasts, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. On the Malliard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the show are solely those of the hosts and guests, and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcasts, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Mallard Report this evening. So, my guest is going to be jumping on here in the next few minutes, maybe up to 10. So, got a little housekeeping to do. We try to do this once in a while. First and foremost, I've got a few news stories I want to get to because uh, there are some things that I was going to talk about tonight, but my guest is not versed in them, so we're not going to talk about them. Uh, original guest, well, the first guest uh, took the month off and didn't tell his publicist, so that went away. Then I had another guest slated to talk about the Georgia Guidestones, and something bumped up in his schedule, so we're down to our third guest, which is not making her any less important. This is going to be exciting tonight. New topic tonight for her. So I'm excited, because we just talked a little bit about an hour ago about it. Okay. Two hours ago. Sorry. First and foremost, if you have not taken the time to subscribe, do that. Okay, leave reviews. For those of you on the Duck Pond tonight, wave goodbye to the current format of the Duck Pond. It'll be different, hopefully, next week. More, I don't want to say user-friendly, because it's probably not going to be user-friendly, but it's going to be a better look for the podcast people. We'll see. We'll see how it all works out, but it's going to look a little different. I've got some changes that I've got to make, well, that I want to make. Um, but anyways, not diving too deep into that because I want you to come check it out. If you haven't been to Mallard.com, well, like I said, the next week it's going to change again, so you need to do that. Okay, so the Georgia Guidestones. What the world happened there? Right? Uh, I've seen the footage of them apparently being blown up, but there's got to be footage before that of somebody setting the explosive. Right? So we need that footage. We need to know what's going on. It's an interesting thing. It is an interesting phenomenon. Now, why would they blow them up now? I mean, there's a whole bunch of questions, and I don't have any answers. So we'll probably be talking about them and their destruction in the coming months. Just was going to talk about tonight, like I said, and it just didn't work out that way. So be prepared for that conversation about the uh, the Georgia Guidestones. It's coming. I just don't know when, because, like I said, it was supposed to be tonight. But maybe by the time it comes out, maybe we'll have more answers instead of more questions. But that's never the answer, right? For those folks who've listened to the show for a long time, you know there's always more questions than answers, and we will continue to ask the questions that make you want to ask more questions. That being said, okay, listen to this. For the idiot, and I mean idiot, I'm looking directly at my camera right now, for the idiot on Facebook who decided to put a copyright claim in on my intro music, I have news for you. You do not own it, you've never owned it, and you'll never own it. If you didn't notice, it's for the Mallard Report. It's uh, custom made. You dumbass. Sorry. I've been fighting that for a couple days. Had to say it. Straight up, straight up and down. Like, come on now. Just like the idiot that cut the intro music out of the the show and reposted it as, as its own podcast. What is wrong with you, lazy mother... Oh, boy. Yeah, there was a guy who was posting my show as his own podcast. And I almost, almost got invited on his show. That would have been awesome. No, the artist didn't claim it. Some random idiot copyright striked it. Because the artist... Um, I know the artist. Um, yeah. Wait, I'll be proven wrong about what? I'm not sure. I hate to be wrong about things. I mean, I've been wrong about a lot of things, but... Anyways, so just keep that in mind. Like, uh, duh. Okay. 
stupid. Makes the world go around. Okay, so we talked about the Georgia Guidestones. We talked about the stupid. Now let's talk about the real stupid. We've kind of slid from funny to bad to worse. I think we're doing the good, the bad, the ugly tonight. I don't know. I think that's probably copyrighted, so I probably can't do that. So you're just going to have to make your own little saying up. No copyright infringement applied there. I was just making a reference to a well-known, established uh, understanding of life. Okay. You ready for this? Here it comes. comes from the AP. AP News, July 10th, Crestview, Florida. Florida man, of course, right? Because anybody who knows, knows. Those who don't know, need to look this up because, I mean, it's a big deal. Florida man, it's kind of one of those things that kind of just always pops up. Ready? What did Florida man do? Let's, let's turn to the duck pond. What did Florida man do? But maybe catch this story and what's to talk about. What is going on? What did Florida man do? To catch my attention. Let's see if anybody was paying attention to the news. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's the maybe I'm the only one that caught their it caught its attention. Oh boy, why did my internet just go blank? So if you said something in the chat room, I literally can't see it right now because that's also helpful. Oh, good grief! Just tried to call me. It went to voicemail. What is going on with my internet connection? Alright, well, we're dropping that. Right, what's going on? We're just going to drop that. Sorry, video folks, you're going away. Just how the nature of the beast rules some. No, 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 no. Idiot. Okay, so. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what's happening here. I'm going to have some fun with some technical problems here. What in the freak? Yeah, I don't know exactly what's going on right now. I'm not even sure I'm going out. I've got some major lag in the internet. So here we go. Here, it might be back. Uh, sorry for those who may have been tuning into the video because it just died. Okay. So let's see if I can. Okay. Chatters, let's see if anybody had the guess here. Okay, well, I'm going to get to the story here because my guess is trying to call him too. So, Florida man flees deputies on his riding lawnmower. Let me know if you had that on your bingo card for 2022. For whatever reason, I don't know. Let's see. Okay. We'll do it this way. See if it works. See if this works. This will be exciting. So one of those. Oh, it's ringing, so that'll be good. Okay. Hello. Hello. Sorry about that. My internet was acting really funny there for a minute. So, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> no worries at all. Hello. Are we live? Are we of course we're live. So say everything you wanted to say about everybody earlier. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Leave them in suspense. Well, how are you doing tonight? Besides, uh, I think you melted a few more inches down when I from the last time I talked to you when a couple hours ago. Oh, yeah, no, I, I have uh, been working quite hard tonight. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm, everything is great. Everything is great on my end. Thanks so much for having me on this evening. So for those who don't recognize the voice, it's Dr. Rebecca Housel, uh, self-described pop culture professor, New York Times bestselling okay. editor, blogger, professor, speaker. Uh, just go check out her website because I feel that's only part of it. Yes, hypnotherapist and life coach right now. So yeah, and um, I'm just um, maybe a year or two away from finishing up the neuropsychology degree. So here you go. Yeah, like I said, it, it felt like I was leaving some of it off, but it's, <laughs> that, that's quite a mouthful to start with. So 
but I okay. So earlier today, you were telling me about something, and I and we we had I had the opportunity to bring it on because of well, unfortunate events that my guest canceled. So it all worked out. But I want to jump off and kind of catch the audience up on the conversation we had about dark and pathing, dark and paths, because I find that fascinating, and I think the the well, obviously you know my listeners, so they'll be interested in that too. Yeah, well, hey, to Jim's listeners, I know a lot of you. I just wanted to say hi to everybody. I'm so happy to be back on with you. And, um, yeah, so I have a couple of podcasts now, but one of them that some of you might be interested in is called How to Be a Better Sociopath. That is trademarked. (laughs) And uh, it's a new podcast. It's been out for about a month plus now. And it's not about teaching you how to be a better at sociopathy. It's about teaching you how to recognize the inherent sociopathic traits that we all have now via our higher contact with technology. And Jim and I were talking about this. You and I were talking about this, right? The uh, that higher contact with technology and how that's creating kind of a, a scenario of rejection on a regular basis. And that kind of rejection, that's like a mass scale rejection, that's partially responsible for things like mass shootings and increased teen suicides. And so that's all coming from evolving sociopathy. Um, and so this podcast focuses on that. And what, Jim, what you're referring to, the dark empath, that's research I was referring to in a previous episode where, where I was discussing research from Nottingham Trent University in UK, uh, where they were discussing the evolution of sociopathy in the 21st century and how it has created a whole new strain uh, where people who are typically considered empaths will feel your feelings. And if you're sad, they'll feel sad as well. They'll recognize you're feeling it. And they'll also take on some of that sensation themselves, whereas the dark empath simply recognizes it only to exploit you further. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, the dark part of this comes, and we're going to dive a little bit more into this because this is where it gets fascinating, and may even uh. try to cause the the sadness or the depression or mm-hmm. whatever else, um, which which fascinates me because, I mean, that's so counterintuitive to everything we believe on the spiritual side of things, you know, trying to lift people up and all that other fun stuff, but the, the other side of that coin that it's just fascinating. It is. And uh, just just for your listeners, just for their background, sociopathy isn't an actual diagnostic term. It, it's sort of a pop psych term. It really represents psychopathy. So it, it comes from a category within the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, the DSM-5, and it's called Cluster B. Cluster B traits are the social destroyers, and they're connected to very distinct personality disorders. Those personality disorders include psychopathy or antisocial personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder, which is narcissism. And then, uh, of course, there's borderline personality disorder as well, um, which includes lots of um, traits like a fear of abandonment with a simultaneous fear of engulfment. Uh, so it's like living in a constant state of conflict and feeling as though everyone around you is basically a frenemy. And at any moment, you may feel slighted and burst into a rage. So Germantown Runner, I'm sure you're familiar with Germantown Runner. Uh, Hi, <laughs> Pops up a question. <laughs> how, how does one deal with the presence of psychic slash energy vampires, which also probably falls into this dark M- Empath- empathetic category of things. I that love this, uh, you, Dave. Yes, this is great. This is exactly what people that have cluster B traits and personality disorders, they are, in fact, energy vampires. Not because they're a dark empath. The term dark comes from dark triad. That describes the three traits, the three main traits that are interchangeable in all of the cluster B personality disorders. The researchers at Nottingham Trent University in 2020 published this beautiful study that wanted to create not just a dark triad, but expand that to a dark tetrad. They wanted to include sadism, 
which is part of bullying. Um, so that's really where bullying comes from. So to answer Dave's question, uh, the whole point of people doing these things to hurt others is to get what's called supply. So that's the energy vampire aspect. Yeah. They, they want you to be dysregulated. They want you to be upset. They want you to drama, love drama, because that creates emotion, emotional, whether it's, you know, someone being sad, angry. They just want you to orbit them, and it doesn't matter if, if you know, it's good attention or bad attention, but bad attention is just as good, sometimes better than good attention because you get a lot of supply from that. So if I normally work the show backwards, right, because I normally try to – end with the fever pitch now i feel like i'm trying to work forwards now back to the point where we should have started the show but now we're just gonna we're just gonna go with it now um (laughs) now that i've realized that i kind of you know slammed the middle of our conversation at the beginning of our at the beginning of the show now we've got to kind of build backwards but there's some good context of all the stuff and there's going to be some good nuance here that we've kind of laid that out okay so we you mentioned bullying now i've got an interesting question for you on that uh, because I, I think there's a certain level, a certain endorphin release when somebody does good. I'm assuming the mm-hmm. same, but not necessarily the same, is true when somebody raises hell, for the lack of a... <laughs> well, so uh, people that... So at the root of all cluster B personality disorders and, and frankly, all the traits therein is a deep, deep insecurity. It's fear. And and fear comes from our ego. We don't want to look bad. Uh, we're afraid to look bad. We're afraid shame is the big, biggest enemy of those with cluster B personality traits and disorders. So, you know, public shame. So if you're in a relationship with somebody that has these traits, um, a prevalency of them in particular, they, they, they will care more about the neighbor across the street than they will about looking good for that neighbor than looking uh, good in front of you. They won't care about you in that way. And they won't see it as a problem because you're their wife, their husband, whatever it is, you're supposed to be there. But everybody else they can um, act a lot nicer towards. Um, so because they because of public shame, they don't want to be seen in a bad light. It doesn't matter if you see them in a bad light because you're like basically equivalent to a piece of furniture. There's a massive disconnect, and that is actually part of it. Um, so emotional containment is is connected to this narcissistic aspect in people. Mm. Ooh, so now we're like again. I told you we're working backwards through this because now you mentioned <laughs> the neighbors, right? And, oh. And I asked you a very niche based question earlier, but let's let's broaden it out a little bit about how we're losing community engagement within our own communities. Because I mentioned churches to you, but now that I think about it, I think about like the fraternal clubs, the the veterans groups. Like everywhere I turn, people are having the problem of getting people new members. Even like the YMCA. You know what I'm saying? Like these traditional staples of community have been, while well, we were talking about being replaced online, which uh-huh. obviously has its own issues, but <laughs> to finish out the thought we were talking about how easy it is to draw that dark energy if you're in an online community it is definitely easier to be dark and and then we'll get back into the the world world problems of community does that sound fair oh my yeah no absolutely <laughs> and you're totally right technology makes it easy to be an a-hole which we talked about <laughs> earlier too that like that sense of you know there's no consequences because you're not really facing someone when you're talking to them you have a little bit of like you can hide behind facebook you can hide behind twitter you can hide behind tiktok or whatever it is that you're using instagram you know uh the the, the falseness the artificial aspects of those platforms it got to a stage before the pandemic where people were using youtube studios to create false settings like private planes, tropical islands, so that it would look like they were in those spaces. So, so there's this sense of FOMO that's been increasing, a fear of missing out. It, we just have a lot of strange aspects. And since the pandemic, we have all spent a lot more time with technology. You know, Zoom meetings became regular, working remotely. That's totally normal now. 
So our, our technology, our contact with it has really, really increased over the last two years. So our narcissism, by no small coincidence, has also increased. So part of the podcast is that I'm working on now is to help people to recognize it and not feel um, like, like they're a monster or something. You're just a person if you have these traits. And you can actually do learn the skills to to sort of mitigate these these kind of tendencies that come out more when we have higher contact with technology. There's a treatment called dialectical behavior therapy, um, and one of the best ways that we can um, handle people that are coming at us with that dark energy, as you say, is to use something called give. In DBT, which was started by someone named Dr. Marshall Linehan in the 80s, who herself had borderline personality disorder and became a psychology researcher so that she could figure it out for herself. You know, how can we help people like me? And so uh, part of how you do that is by learning the skills. It's basically understanding that you don't have anything to be insecure about, that everybody is on equal footing when it comes to social stuff, really, and how you can be a more effective communicator, no matter who you are, is by using give, being gentle, being interested, validating others and their efforts, and then being easygoing. And that's one of the first episodes of the, my podcast that I talked about that, give. It's really, it's really something that totally diffuses uh, those who come from that dark space. You can recognize them. Just because you can, are they using give? You can't have a conversation with somebody that's not using give. And so when they're not using it, you can see that there's a person that has some of these traits. And then you can take a step back and detach. So let's, let's peel that onion back to now we're at the community level, but we're talking about the in-person level. I know on some level, the life is getting back to normal, whatever normal is. I threw some big air quotes for those. Of, well, there's no video right now, so you miss those. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this community engagement issue is a real issue, especially for, like I said, these um, historic organizations that have done a, a lot of good for a lot of, you know, the like the YMCN and all their basketballs and swimming. And, you know, like there's a lot of good that, I mean, even even the vets organizations. I mean, that has had their own help by recreating that brotherhood they lost. But with that community inside the communities going away, what? How do we? How do we? How do we create communities? Yeah, how do we yeah. create community? A real? I mean, it's like I said, the duck pond's a great community. Uh, but well, it's a great community. Don't get me wrong, folks. Don't hate me for saying this. It's not a tangible thing in the community. Like you can't go hang out there. <laughs> right, right, and that's and that is something that because of COVID, it's still it's still a struggle because COVID still exists, and you know even with with vaccinations, of course, we all know this now that you can and probably will still get COVID, and and not just that you'll get it if you're younger and you're healthy you'd be all right. It's similar to now. It seems like a lot of the variants just kind of manifest as like a, a cold or or a bit of a flu. Um, but, but ultimately, you know, it can still hurt others. Millions of people died around the world. So, you know, it's something that we still have to be cautious of. And that's part of why these, these organizations are struggling at this time. But also, of course, people don't want to leave their homes and they've become very comfortable in those spaces. And doing doing online communities have become very important. Um, so it's not the same. And you're right. How do we reclaim that? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. I think part of how we would start that is by looking in our own corners of the world and looking to our own communities and finding niches where we can rebuild. It's basically going to be about rebuilding. So maybe those organizations like the Y. Um, like even, say, going to a house of worship, whatever that might be. Um, it, it's, it's difficult to go to those spaces now with with COVID. But even if, the, and also I want to say, this is also another framework here. Um, I know that you're located in Pennsylvania, and I think that in other parts of the country, 
um, it's it's not this, quite the same. Like if you were to go to a YMCA in, say, Florida or Georgia, you'd see like a lot of people. <laughs> so there's still it's it. I think it's very much uh, state by state with this situation. So some states, some of your listeners in other states might be saying, ah, we get plenty of people here. Like you'd be shocked if you went uh, went anywhere where there's like an outdoor festival in like a warmer climate. These festivals are in that are all over the South are just packed. I mean, just packed. So people are are it, community is still happening. It just may not be happening in certain areas, the Northeast in particular. You know, states like Pennsylvania that are connected to New York and some. I think you're connected to New York on some level, right? Like yeah, you're our norber, northern yeah. neighbor. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I mean, like, yeah, I don't know, I'm not very good with, I guess, the Northeast, but <laughs> I should be. <laughs> okay, who it's, is absolutely not uh, wanting a denial moment right there? <laughs> no, you're lucky we're not playing Are You Smarter than a Fifth Grader, that's all that matters. Because um. <laughs> <laughs> the answer would be no. <laughs> Ask uh, me about psychology and I'm in. Yeah, I was going to say, you have your strong points, that's for sure. Okay, but... <laughs> But I think on some level, okay, here we go. So on some level, rebuilding sounds easy, right? I mean. Uh, no, it's hard. But it's I, really hard. Yeah, a Germantown runner popped this up in the chat room, and I'm going to paraphrase it because it went by really fast, about how the uh, younger generation, um, you know, will go out to eat with their, their peers and spend the whole time on their phone. So that, yeah. I mean, it's not even... Okay, so they are in the community, right? But they're mm -hmm. still remaining in their community. Yeah. Which is interesting. Mm -hmm. No, it is. Um, I think that that's just part of a cultural shift and uh, different experiences. It's more experiential for you know, Gen Z and young, younger millennials. Um, so the millennials that are still in their 20s and Gen Z who are you know, teens and early 20s now. So, so yeah, I just think it's just a cultural shift that way, and it has absolutely been influenced by the pandemic. But remember, things like Pride still happened uh, this year in many, many places. Um, so there, there is still those spaces that are happening. It's just that I think the modes, the vehicles, like the Y, things like that might be suffering a little bit. I know that gyms have taken a hit. Um, in the last two years, same kind of concept as the why, um, you know, so I think that it's just it's just about a cultural shift that the pandemic kind of pushed along maybe a little sooner than some of us who, you know, are used to that lifestyle of going to the gym, going to the why, you know, going and doing pickup basketball or, you know, even something like the JCC is similar to the why and it has plays and book signings and there's all this great stuff but you know it, it, it's it's a uh, it's just a different world now so everybody has had to adjust and I think that we'll see it kind of make a return but we really do need to see some stronger therapeutics that are going to be less toxic to people overall and we need to see some improved vaccination and uh, and then and then maybe these spaces like you're talking about will will have a we'll see an uptick Oh boy, you must you must be psychic because this question wasn't gonna this question <laughs> you know was, I am. <laughs> this question wasn't gonna fit until the last line of your answer and then you had me flip the answer to the questions I was gonna ask you. Uh also, uh this one's from Germantown Runner. Uh of course it is, right? So many people are worried about S S R I's these days. Should people be worried about drinking water? Drinking about drinking water that has been tainted with chemicals passing through water treatment facilities. Wow. <laughs> water facilities. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of up to up to the individuals. Uh, you know, I'm I, I, I don't know what to say to that because I I don't drink those those I don't drink water from from those spaces and I won't. Um, but I'm also a long-term cancer patient, so I don't do a lot of things other people do, like I wouldn't eat processed meats or things like along those lines or any really highly processed foods because anything that's processed, anything that goes through any kind of chemical treatment, 
is uh, is not something that works for my health at this moment in time. So, you know, I, I think people have to kind of make their own choices there. Um, did I answer that question, Dave? I don't know. I think I, I, I think did. You did. Well, I think I think your answer is limited based off of your expertise. We need. Yeah, to... I don't really know what to say there. I think that uh, don't dr- don't drink the water. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't drink the Kool Aid. Oh wait, not that Kool Aid. Normal Kool-Aid is perfectly fine in a reputable product. I guess it depends on who's pouring it. Well, I would say, <laughs> if you want to know, the Fiji water is, like, really great, and so is Evian. They both can restore pH. So, you know, if, you, if you're spending money on all kinds of stuff, instead of buying soda, instead of buying sugary juices, invest in some really high-quality water. High-quality H2O. Now it's now we're moving into the pop culture arena. I, 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 when you said high quality H two O, all I seen was Adam Sandler in my head, <laughs> and um, that totally almost Alaska. just took this off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> we're really going all over the place tonight, but that's okay. That's that's what we do around here with you because you you can go all over the place. <laughs> Maybe that's true. <laughs> ADHD has its benefits. Okay. Yeah. Um. Boy, I don't even remember what we're talking about now. All I hear is tap it in, tap it in. More Adam Sandler. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a funny movie. It really is. And you know what's even yeah. worse? Foosball is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll parlay it to another sports movie, which is I send Bill Murray to a couple people to remind them about the show on Tuesday because of Groundhog Day. Oh. So I kind of oh said Bill God. Murray because, you know, different Bill Murray because it used to be Bill and the Groundhog and then it kind of got tiresome. So he's, you know, been around forever. Well, so there's a lot of... Well, Andy McDowell. She was a really big part of that film. The which Snow is dis- Angels. Which is disappointing <laughs> because they filmed that film in Kansas, not the real Punxsutawney. Which I can't blame them having been to the real Punxsutawney because it is not... <laughs> Damn, don't say things like that. You're going to make me laugh. <laughs> I've been there too. I hear you. Um, so, so <laughs> we were. We so were oh oh oh. So we're so, so, w- watch this. We're going to spin this right back, back around. around. I've got. I'm going to jump right back in topic here. Uh, it feels like societies <laughs> everywhere are on the razor's edge. And he he, mm-hmm. he, he yeah. mentioned, what can we do as an individual to help mm-hmm. culture step back away from the abyss? Well, um, the first thing you can do is listen to my podcast, How to Be a Better Sociopath. Every every week I have a new episode, um, and, and I actually tell you what to do. There's different exercises um, that can help you not only identify other people and the traits that could be very socially destructive to you, um, because what happens when you're dealing with people that have cluster B personality disorders is that they will try to isolate you in some way, generally speaking, um, and and from your family, from your friends, creating problems with those people. There's a lot of, like, uh, shadowy behavior. Uh, it's actually called shadow work in psychology when, you're, when you need to do the shadow work, when you need to recognize that you have some disconnects there. And these are some of them, like stalking a, a, a partner, a friend, a family member online, uh, a partner looking at your miles on your car because they don't trust you, you know, like this kind of hyper paranoia, all based on insecurity. So they, they will just really basically drive you mad uh, with, with their, their need to create supply. That's, that's, that's what they need. That's what they want. So, so how you can do it, like basically deal with it, not do it. Okay. Yeah. You can deal with this is by recognizing these traits, not just in other people, but in yourself via that higher contact with technology. We're all much more entitled today. I stood at the, in front of the microwave for 30 seconds today, not in front of it, but to the side. <laughs> I used the microwave for 30 seconds, and I was like, oh, it's taking forever. You know, 30 seconds is not forever, but from the perspective of a 21st century person, it's like, God, it's taking so long for this soup to heat up. But it's not, you know, so, you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of thinking. It's just the entitlement of being able to open an app on your phone and tap it. And in about two to three seconds, 
purchasing something from Amazon and having it at your house within 24 hours, that breeds a massive sense of entitlement. That's part of narcissistic personality disorder. I don't have that. You don't have that. Nobody has that because we order from Amazon and expect our food to heat up quicker than 30 seconds, which is incredibly fast. But but we just are part of a cultural shift toward narcissism, and technology actually is part of the disconnect because it does create space. As much as it connects us, it creates space like that anonymity aspect in terms of cyberbullying and cyberstalking. I mean, you hide behind, it's a, basically a mask. Like we were talking about, you can create whole artificial environments and pretend it's it's like, and, and narcissism and other cluster B personality disorders and traits are all about upholding the mask, going back to the neighbor analogy, where, you know, the narcissist wants the neighbor to think that everything is amazing and perfect and great, that they are amazing and perfect and great. That's a mask because we're all human. None of us are perfect, amazing, and great. I mean, we might be, but, you know, we, we're flawed as well. And when we can't acknowledge those flaws, when we're the people that say they're people pleasers or that they're perfectionists, beware of those kinds of thinking, that kind of thinking, those kinds of traits, because that's bordering on some narcissism there. Yeah. So, mm. here we go. Germantown Runner wants me to ask you some pop culture stuff. So, before we get into that, because I look at the time and I'm like, oh, good God. Um you mentioned the Everybody podcast. is like, it's just Dave. Is it just Dave? No, he, he's there. He, he's just pumping him, and everybody else is just kind of applauding, like, yay, good stuff. Um, which sometimes <laughs> happens because, you know, it's hard to come up with something better than what Dave comes up with. Um, it's true. We love you, Dave. <laughs> uh, you, you've mentioned the podcast a couple times. Give the name for that again, and then your website, and, you know, just give me all that stuff before we, because, like I said, we're going to run out of time, and I won't have time at the end of the show if I don't do it now. So. Okay, uh, that sounds good. Yeah, people can find my work on psychology today. I have a column called Survive Anything, and they can also listen to my podcast so far just on Spotify because I just haven't had time to upload it anywhere else. But uh, I'm just one person. Um, but it is called How to Be a Better Sociopath, and then I have another one called Let's Talk that discusses these macro frameworks uh, within our culture, the socio-political, socio-cultural, and socio-economic, and how they're all intertwined and how they affect us uh, on, like, from those macro frameworks in our micro lives and those micro spheres, our relationships, one-to-one relationships, as well as, like, our relationships with organizations as individuals, like government and healthcare systems and stuff like that. So, you know, they're they're kind of hopefully helpful <laughs> I don't know. I think so. So far, it looks like people are listening. So, <laughs> well, it only takes one to make it worth it. I think, but that's just me. But that's here. That's a whole different can of worms. Um, <laughs> so, I'm going to twist his question that he wanted me to ask you because I, I think we've talked about this before, and the answer hasn't changed. Changed, I'm sure. About when is Hollywood going to turn to be more creative? But are we going to start seeing? I mean, I think eventually, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you want to, maybe you want to correct me real quick here. But I think we're going to have another, like, cause you know, the Silicon Valley became this place for technology, right? Uh-huh. And that's necessary. wasn't there, but it kind of just became there. I think at some point we're going to have a place where I don't want to say YouTubers, but B list filmmakers, YouTubers, videographers, documentarians, all kind of just collide. Maybe it isn't really even a space, so to speak. Like a physical mm. vehicle valent place, but maybe it's a, a website or a, an app or something, and they just push their content through that. And I know people are like YouTube, you dumbass, but I'm talking something else, something more structured yeah. for them, where they get the money and you know, like they control the end game. And there's yeah, m- I think that you're right. Uh, I think you're thinking about like a like a like a variation between YouTube and like Netflix, you know, yeah. but where the person is the creator. I think that there's a space there. Yeah, that's a good actually it's kind of brilliant. Yeah. Get going. <laughs> Get going. We need Make a name <laughs> we need a name and a hundred million dollars. Um, <laughs> no, but I, you I think, don't even need a hundred million. <laughs> but well when you pay the CEO a hundred million dollars, you need a hundred million dollars. Um, 
but I think there's I think there's there's got there's this I think there's this disconnect now, and I've seen it kind of forming in the podcast space too, where you've got the the national brand name shows, you know, uh-huh. and the radio shows that are getting ripped off, and then there's this middle ground of people who do good stuff and are kind of floating. I guess I kind of feel like I'm in that category where somebody's going to come in and start gobbling that stuff up and packaging it to compete with that uh, other stuff. Uh, and I think well, that's going to happen think... on the video side of stuff too, because I think, you know, yeah. like Netflix is great. They create a bunch of shows, but at the end of the day, people's favorite shows are always getting canceled. And, you know, like some level, some people just want to have that buy-in where they, you know, like go fund me, but maybe not for birthday parties, but maybe for, keeping that tv show alive in some level i don't know there's mm-hmm. something here yeah because I, yeah I, I think so I, Ger- germantown runners, is very hot yeah germantown's runner's question was originally when do we get to the end of uh, the superhero pipeline and get back to actual storytelling uh, yeah dave i i hear that i i just saw the new thor film and i was not super impressed um and there's going to be an aquaman coming out avatar 2 there's a whole host of Guardians of the Galaxies that are on route, Harry Potter. These are all old, now rather canned storylines that uh, are played out. I saw the Dumbledore film um, over the summer, and it was just not good. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're a fan of Harry Potter. There's been better Harry Potter movies. And even if you disagree with me, you can at least agree on that point, because that was not good. <laughs> well, every time you make a movie, right? I love pie. I'm, I'm sure you're surprised by that. But every time you cut another piece of that original pie, right, it gets smaller and yeah. smaller, and eventually you get down to the point where you can't pick the piece up anymore because you've just broken it up and cut in the little crumbs. And the original product yeah. is out the window. Yeah, no, it's 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 very true. It's actually a physics problem. You, you just move halfway and halfway and halfway, and you actually never get there. Because you, there's no, you know, there's no end to the halfway point. Um, so it's, 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 yeah, no, you're totally right. Um, I think that uh, it's played out and I, I, there was a whole, at the beginning of the pandemic, I don't know how many people remember this, but there were all these really, really bad, like Hallmark type movies yes. uh, coming out everywhere. And there was um, a movie that played in theaters and like it drive-ins during the pandemic. It was, um, Gosh, I can't think of the name of it now, but it had the guy uh, from Brooklyn Nine. Oh, I am really blanking on him. He was uh, Andy's something. He was an SNL person. I'm so sorry because, like, I do know him and I just cannot think of his name. I haven't eaten yet today, so <laughs> I'm a little I'm a little bit running on empty because I've had client after client after client today. So. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I can't remember his name, but uh, it's like Brooklyn Nine. Nine Nine. Yeah, yeah, maybe is that that's like a sh- this guy that was on SNL. God damn it! Anyway, I can't think of it. Everybody, so sorry. I totally apologize because I really like him. He's very funny. Um, but it was, he was like in a film and, and it was this really bad one <laughs> that was that, that's the kind of quality. And like things like new mutants came out during that same stretch of time early in, earlier in the pandemic. I think it was the summer or early fall, uh, maybe of 2020. It was like a, a movie that had been in process prior to the pandemic and then pandemic happened. And then this really awful movie came out that was supposed to be great. And it was disappointing for people like me who wrote about X-Men. <laughs> and <laughs> here we go. This is why yeah. we do live shows, because Geo Observation popped it <laughs> out there. Andy Sandberg, or Sandberg. Thank you. Thank you. I wasn't confident enough to say it. I just couldn't like quite wrap my brain around it. Thank you. There you Thank go. you. Whoever said that. Thank Geo you. Geo Observation. He's pretty good. And I don't oh, I got to look. He uh, posts these weird images in the chat room, so we got to see what he's got. He's got the Marine Mammal Center. Where is that from? Tell me more about the mug. If you've already told people, tell me again, because I wasn't paying attention. Uh, he posts these coffee mugs that he has in his collection on his little avatar. It's pretty cool. He's got quite the collection <laughs> of coffee mugs. I should be a little concerned. but. Um, <laughs> well, it is, a, it is a very collectible thing. Um. 
coffee mugs and and useful, practical too. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got a coffee mug on my table right now from Cat Ward, who hosts the Paranormal Heart, and uh, yeah, holds my pens. That's about the best I can do with it because yeah, I'm afraid of breaking it actually, because you know that's just me because I have that trait. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is like a genetic trait, yeah, dropsy. Germantown Runner is infatuated with Elon Musk, so I want to ask you about him and all okay. of, all of what. I mean, we know we are the, all over the map tonight. I know, <laughs> with right? His mental health, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, not necessarily his mental health. I mean, obviously, there are some angles to all that how that plays into his business and always and going right. But mm. how how do we take him? Because sometimes he seems so meme and trying to be edgy and funny and then he's also this brilliant business mind but and on the other hand like I said there's this it seems so disconnected at times so is it that he's trying too hard on one hand to be the funny guy and the the, the uber smart business person or what what am I missing here I don't I'm not sure what you're missing but I can tell you that he's <laughs> Uh, he's very, um, Elon Musk has a lot to be egotistical about, and there's a lot riding on the things that he does. So he has to be right, and he has the money to buy himself into any position he wants. So, you know, his, his, his he, he comes from a specific family. I don't know how much you guys know about his background, but he comes from a family where his mom is actually this wonderful, like, female spokesperson. She's a model. Um, and, uh, you know, his, his, he and his siblings are all really successful as a result of the parents that they had and the upbringing that they had. So they, their talents were nurtured and they were recognized and they had financial and emotional and psychological support as well as the physical things that we all need. So when we have that kind of a start, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's it's not like anybody can be him, you know, but it, it's easier to be successful. So he he has like a lot of interesting traits that I think could be really we could talk about for a long time. But uh, I think overall, there's some egotistical aspects to him. He's very brilliant, of course, but uh, that doesn't mean that he doesn't have uh, some cluster B traits that uh, should be taken into account when we listen to him talk. Well, see, you were wondering. You said we're all over the place, but here we go. I'm going to put this in a tight little bow, even though we've got a few more minutes left, and we'll probably wonder somewhere else. We started with <laughs> we started with community, kind of dabbled in the f- movies in Hollywood, kind of broke into a person. You mentioned his parents, so that brings us back to community and family. See, it all mm. kind of flew together. See, you. you I don't thought- know if it did, but. <laughs> When, when you hear it explained like that, it makes sense, doesn't it? it well, I'll, if I say yes, well, please, <laughs> well, well the, the joke, the seven, <laughs> the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, right? <laughs> oh yeah, well that's the case for me because I do know, I do know it kind of st- way too much stuff, but I read a lot, and um, <laughs> and it's and it's been two years of a pandemic, so I've not been like out and about. Although I hope that changes, you know, as we kind of move into what I hope will be endemic stages. I think we're kind of heading in that direction. And see, so I just threw us back off track. Or I just threw us back no. off track with the seven or six degrees of Kevin Bacon. See, I just kind of no, I did this I great explanation. Kevin and <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Bacon, yeah. No, I mean, let's go back to Footloose. Why not? Why not go all the way back? Um, he is. He plays like a really good psycho. Speaking of X Men, he was in an X one of the X Men film franchises as like a total psycho. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it actually does tie in with what we were talking about earlier in terms of cluster bees. Uh, and, and some other project that I'm doing, which I won't talk about right now, but I'll come back at some point to talk about it if you invite me back. Oh, you know you're always so, welcome around here. Um, well, I love coming on because, you know, my gosh, it's, it's, we were just talking today about how, how we've, we, we met 10 years ago. <laughs> we don't talk about that anymore. What, what's that? That's that song. We don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about how in love we know each. <laughs> <laughs> I know because then it ages us. But uh, really, I'm I'm much older than you. I know that for a fact. Like much, much older. Well, that's what I'm we like should be talking 50. about, that, right? <laughs> Why? Why not? Why? <laughs> I can't I can't lie about my age because uh, because of the other work that I've done as a pop culture professor. Even though I'm not doing that now, 
um, someone somewhere put up, put up the wrong birth date, by the way, but my birth date is there. Um, it's the wrong birth date, but it's online. My You pull up my name, and it's right there. So I can't lie about my age anymore, Jim. I, yeah. Well, you've known me for 10 years, <laughs> so that makes you about 25 years old. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, definitely. Um, I, I, I'm late 40s, but I, it looks like I'm 50 on the Internet, so it's close enough. We'll say 50. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they... We'll just go with it. At least, you know, well could be worse no it's not bad at all 50 is the new 30 it's i mean i don't even look different it's ridiculous they they haven't changed my license picture in over since i was 21 i've not changed much so oh, well, get people, out of here. You know, aren't you lucky yeah I, no I, pennsylvania i have to go get one taken here for my next birthday which is coming up rapidly Oh, see, I don't, I've never, I've gone in and I've said, hey, do you want to take it? They're like, no, you look the same. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's literally the same picture. I was 21 in that picture. Yep. Nope, not, not a, a choice. Joke. Hey, they make me take one. <laughs> well, they'll, they'll, snap, they'll, they'll snap three or four of them and they'll be like, which one do you like? I'm like, well, probably the one with my eyes open is probably the one you're going to make me take. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah. Because, you know, they have the flash that's about the bright as the sun. <laughs> for whatever reason. I know. I always close my eyes, too. It's it's terrible. I hate taking, like, those photos uh, for passports and stuff like that. God, it's just the worst. No, I never look good. In my passport photo, I literally look like an Oompa Loompa from, <laughs> from, from, a, from a fictional film. I look completely orange, and I'm like, why am I orange? <laughs> I really look terrible. It's awful. But uh, nobody seems to notice or care because they're not even looking. Oops, did I just spill a TSA species? <laughs> well, you better be careful because, you know, they're probably listening. No, I'm a known traveler, so I have that. That's why they don't even look because I've got that TSA pre-approval thing. Uh-huh. Um, well, it helps you move through. Now that the boys at the DOD have been listening, now you're in trouble. Waves to a lot of my friends at the Pentagon, calling you friends because I know I know you are. I don't have any government secrets. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not trying to reveal any either. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm you... just trying to make the world a little bit better day by day. So okay, so now we've got to get into a little rapid fire here from Germantown Runner and some others here. There are some others who want to want me to poke some random stuff at you here. So let's let's get to it. Uh, what's in your garden this year? What's in my garden this year? Well, outside of the beautiful herbs that I I planted, um, I just love the base, like holy basil. Holy basil is something that uh, actually with with COVID, if you this is part of Ayurvedic medicine. If you use holy basil and use some lemon and some ginger, you can make a beautiful tea. Uh, so, and that can help with your immune system. It can also possibly help with allergies. Of course, always talk to your doctor before doing anything like that. But holy basil is in my garden. I've got some dill. I've got some, no rosemary this year because I don't, I don't know why. I just don't have any. But I've been growing some mint, a few different varieties of mint. These are all, by the way, uh, basil, mint. They're all kind of, uh, they're all from the same sort of plant family and they're all anticoagulants. So that's good when we think about some of the side effects of certain vaccinations, etc. when it comes to COVID and some of the issues that COVID can cause long-term issues. So like blood clots. So fun fact for you, <laughs> that sounded so bad. Um, Walmart sells the little mint plants already. You know, they're in there, right? They're in Walmart. They're still green, right? Come uh-huh. on now. How hard can this be to grow? Oh, mint, re- mint is mint is super easy to grow. Uh, yeah, no, I've it's really killed it easy. twice now. Oh, was I supposed to laugh at that? <laughs> it's super easy to grow. Yeah, about that. Um, <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> I have like three varieties of mids, okay? And your your listeners should know that I bought these little mint sprigs from the store, 
<laughs> and put them in a glass of water. And then they started growing roots. And then the roots became like a root ball, and it actually became a plant. So... Yeah, like, like meanwhile, I've already, that. I've already got the planted thing in a little pot that's been sitting in Walmart for who knows weeks without water or attention or sunlight or anything. I bring it I home and can kill possible. it pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not really a plant person, but uh, that's what's in my garden. What's in your garden, Dave? Well, I, I have green peppers and oh. tomatoes in mine. We'll have to see yeah. what he has in his, because uh, that's stuff I eat. So that's you know kind of why we have. Uh, I plant that stuff. Um, so he wants to know numbers to watch. While we wait for I, his I'm door. I'm sorry. Numbers. Num- he, what what numbers? Random numbers. I don't know. He wants probably wants the lottery numbers. I don't know. Oh, oh you want oh you want the lottery numbers? Okay, here you go. <laughs> uh 7 13 28 32 57 and 63. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, numerology. No. Numerology. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, numerology. Okay, so this the numerology of this here. Thank you, Dave. That's a great question. The numerology of this here. Oh, there's so much to tell you about. 2022 is Ascended Master Builders. And with the zero, you have the help of the divine. Right now, actually, Dave, outside of numerology in terms of What's actually happening in the with the planets above us right now? There's this conjunction, which means two planets within at least ten degrees of each other between Mars and the North Node, and it's going to become a triple conjunction on July 31, which happens to be International Orgasm Day. So I have dubbed this triple conjunction a cosmic threesome, and that's happening between <laughs> Uranus, Mars, and the north node of the moon. Mm, be careful. Big, big change. The last time this happened was 324 BC within one degree of this in the same sign and everything. So uh, Alexander the Great changed the world at that time. Who knows what's going to happen now? But you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've got one more question. This one comes from Geo Observation again. This one is always a staple. It's been a staple around here for the last couple months, and I, I love it. Uh, what's your favorite mm-hmm. breakfast? My favorite breakfast, oh, you know, this is so, so bad. But my favorite breakfast is, uh, I'm not sure what to say here, but I'm just going to say I do like grits a lot. And I use like Faya yogurt. To, I make my grits from scratch. Like not, I don't grind the corn, but I use these organic. It's really polenta, okay, so you can use any kind of, ground corn product and I use like the slow cook kind and I put some Faya yogurt in there which has a lot of protein and mm, some almond milk and yum that's my favorite breakfast right now so Cat Ward pipes in the chat room gotta ask the pineapple on pizza question <gasps> pineapple on pizza hey hey did you watch Umbrella Academy because, oh, no. did I just give something away? Okay, because that's in there. That's an interesting <laughs> question. No, of course we don't have pineapple on pizza. Pineapple is a garnish. Oh, <laughs> a whole bunch of clicks just happened right there. Oh, I'm just kidding. No, no I, <laughs> I, all, all kidding aside. Um, boy, we have a minute left, so i got to be mindful of that. Um, <laughs> I looked at the clock and had this little funny countdown timer, and I'm like, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I've enjoyed it, Jim. Thanks so much. Thank you for uh, hopping on, and thank you, for, thank you for the information this afternoon and this, this evening, and uh, you know, all the fun stuff. So, ten years well, to the next ten. We had a good time. <laughs> I look forward to seeing you guys again. Thanks so much to your listeners as well. Great questions, everybody. So, all right. So, I'll throw you off here, and I'll end the show here in ten seconds, anyway. So, have a good night. <laughs> you too. Thanks, Jim. Bye, everybody. So there we go. A little slow to start the show. A little technical difficulties. I don't know. We'll figure that out one of these days. So everybody, I think we had another fun night. Uh, be good to each other, right? That's what we need to be. Better to each other. It's the Mallard Report. Yeah, the Mallard Report. Hey, I want to thank you for joining us. It's been a good show tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Take a few moments, subscribe, share, all the fun stuff. You know how to do it. I don't have to tell you. Just uh, 
be ready for next week. It'll be sooner than you think. Hello everyone, my name is Tom Kearns and I host the Anglo-Saxon England podcast, where I cover the history and culture of England from the departure of the Romans in the 5th century to the Norman Conquest in 1066. So far we've surveyed the collapse of Roman rule in Britain, the migration of the Anglo-Saxons and the history of Northumbria from its beginnings in the mists of legend to its destruction at the hands of Viking raiders in the 9th century. I hope you'll come and give it a go.